This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Two for the price of one, Gadget and Gizmos, and two presenters as well, Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. So, where do we go first? Well, well, it's a bit of an end of an era time, because Microsoft have announced that they are finally dumping Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer, which was bundled with Microsoft in Windows 95, so quite a long time ago now. And it, uh, it Netscape at the time was the the, the leading uh, browser, hmm. and once they put it in with Windows, it got to uh, pass ninety five percent of all web traffic by two thousand and three. The trouble with Internet Explorer is it's slow, it's clunky, and it's horribly out of date. And as a web designer, I know that if you try and make mm. things work with Internet Explorer, it is just such a pain because they don't. So they are, as of Tuesday, a couple of days ago, users are being redirected to use Microsoft Edge instead, which is their new internet browser. Oh, I confess I've and, never heard um, of it. Okay. Well, that's because you don't use Windows. Well, it's true. Yes, exactly. I'd always but heard of as Internet of this Explorer. summer, they're going to start removing all trace of Internet Explorer from from menus, from taskbars. It'll just gradually dissolve away until nothing is left of it. Which are the other ones? Uh, I mean, Netscape, um, obviously. But what are the other ones from the early days? I can't really remember now. Well, Opera has been around quite a long time. Oh yes, yes. Um, and of course, Apple Safari has been around. Yes. Um, Which are the other ones that have fallen by the wayside? Um, That's a good question. They've gone so long ago, I can't remember. No, no, no. It's fine. Just just sort of curious. I can sort of remember the web before there was such a thing as a proper browser. Yes. Well, before the the actual web, when it was just news groups. Yes. 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 Ah, those were the days. No, those are awful days. It's much better no, now. They were, they were, yes, yes, it probably is. Um, right. Well, goodbye, Internet Explorer. I don't think I'll. And hello, go to the wake. Uh, AI. We've talked about AI quite a lot recently on this show. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more today because mm-hmm. it is very much the coming thing. A company called Runway AI have produced or are producing a video tool called Gen One, which is absolutely extraordinary. I've seen some demos of what they can do. So you you shoot yourself or you shoot someone like walking mm. down a street and you say to it, uh, recreate this video in the style of a cartoon or in the style of Leonardo da Vinci. Or you can say, as I'm walking down the street, and I say, I want this to be a, a spaceman walking across the moon. And it will do it for you. It'll reproduce wow. the movements as a spaceman on the moon. You can... Uh, take a, a photograph, a, a footage, say, of a, a white dog and say, make it a Dalmatian, and it will add spots to it. Not just in the still image, but as it moves around. It is, is just astonishing. 
That's extraordinary. Well, there must be an awful lot of graphic designers and um, uh, other sort of people who do that sort of thing, motion graphic designer, who must be yes. rather nervous, I would think, at this uh, moment. I think all kinds of creators are rather nervous at the moment. They're also producing a tool called Soundify, which adds audio to your video mm-hmm. and it guesses what kind of audio you need. So, you know, if, a, if there's a train, it'll add a train noise. If there are cars, it'll add traffic and the traffic will be timed to the cars going past. It'll add footsteps if someone's walking Grief. around. Absolutely extraordinary. And when's this going to be around? Well, they're still developing it. it, Well, in in the next next year or so, I would think, yes. I don't know how available it will be for people like you and I. But other Mm. tools are available for people like you and I. In particular, a company called Eleven Labs, who have a voice synthesized synthesized platform, which is now in beta, which means Mm. that people who have signed up can get access to it. And it will mimic a voice. You give it a, a, a minute or so of someone speaking, and it'll mimic that voice. Oh, because we, we had one the other week, didn't we? It only took a few seconds, you said, and it would then imitate somebody. That is somebody. something that is being worked on, but is not yeah. yet. Uh, right. right, This one is actually working now. And, of course, people have been using it for mischief. So we've had Emma Watson. No, really? Mein Kampf. Oh, yeah, we've she had would love videos that. of Bill Gates saying that vaccines cause AIDS. <laughs> And uh, a rather curious one of um, Joe Biden saying that he's going to launch a nuclear attack on Russia. And people are getting quite worried about this. Yes, so that's a of some uh, off-mic off gag that Reagan made years ago, isn't it? Yes. It is, yes. I think so. Uh, was it, oh, was it? No, it was Kenny Everett, wasn't it? There was Kenny Everett. No, I can't believe anybody who w- wants to make mischief for Biden knew who Kenny Everett was. Almost certainly not. <laughs> different, different generation. Oh, so Eleven dear. Labs say that they're exploring safeguards to stop this kind of thing happening. Uh, the main one will be that once uh, once they go paid for, which is inevitably going to, mm-hmm. going to happen, uh, then they're going to track the users. So if these mischievous things appear, they'll know who created them. Yes. One problem, of course, is it's one thing to make mischief when you know it's mischief. But of course, it's now getting so difficult to tell what is real and what is not, that people who want to make serious mischief can actually have important consequences. How do we actually know whether they're doing it? Well, we don't. No. We can't really trust anything we see or hear. No, how do I know that's really you? Well, how do you know it is? Maybe it isn't really me. Maybe I'm just having a snooze upstairs. This is the AI that, that is simply that I can That along. I can believe. I'm sure the moment <laughs> you can get AI to do what you need to do, having a snooze <laughs> would be much better. Well, um, we haven't had one of these yet, so I think now is the time. I'm hoping it'll wake you up from your snooze. Yeah, woof, it's woken me up. <laughs> so suppose you want to use AI not for mischief, but mm. just for friendship. Well, you can do it with uh, Replica. Replica with a K rather than the C, obviously. Replica.com. And it is your virtual friend, or as they describe it, the AI companion who cares. And mm. when you sign up for Replica, you can choose uh, male or female or uncertain as the gender, and you can set the relationship, whether you want the AI to be your friend, your girlfriend or boyfriend, wife or husband, sister or brother, or just a a mentor. And 
I didn't actually get very far with it because quite soon they started asking you to pay for it, which is $20 for a month or $300 for a lifetime. Right. And so it's been around since last year, hmm. and a lot of people have been using it, people have been enjoying it. But recently, people who've come to Replica looking for the AI companion who cares hmm. have found that it's getting a bit too racy, and they've been complaining <laughs> about sexual harassment. <laughs> sexual harassment from AI. That's from intriguing. AI. It is, isn't it? All of oh. which is it's really rather That's stressful. Bizarre. Yes. yes. And if you are stressed... How, you can't hardly report well, that to the police, can you? <laughs> yeah, who I mean, would they see? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's all very bizarre. Okay. But if you are stressed out, it turns out that a way you can reduce, reduce stress is by someone stroking the hair on your arms. And apparently that does reduce stress significantly. It's you do it yourself or it has to be somebody else? No, it has to be someone else. It's called effective touch. And there have been various scientific studies with volunteers brushing people's arms. Hmm. But of course, the volunteers have to sit there and do it for quite a long time. Well, no, they don't, not anymore, because <laughs> oh, Cornell <no>. University <laughs> has developed an automatic stroker with synthetic fur. And this will stroke someone's arm. And although there's no perceived difference in their heart rate or perspiration, hmm or respiration rate, um, they they record 50% uh, less perceived stress when this thing is stroking their arm. So that's what you need to carry around with you, something that will yeah, stroke I can't your arm. I can't help feeling something stroking my arm might actually increase my stress level. Especially if it's a machine. Yes. yes well, I think you yes. know it's going to be doing it. Oh, I suppose so. Unless it suddenly comes over the back of the sofa and starts doing it. Yeah, who knows? I mean, who if knows? that's governed by AI, before you know it, it could be stroking things you don't want it to stroke. Exactly. Oh, gracious. Now, right. here's one that could be of interest to you. Mm -hmm. You go on a first date, and how mm. do you know if the person you're on a first date with is, is enjoying your company? Well, you, well, you don't. Very well don't. No, you don't. You don't, unless you use physiological no. synchrony. Physiological <laughs> oh, I had to say, after a drink or two on my date, I'd have to be able to say it. <laughs> well, it turns out that when people collaborate um, at work or, mm. um, or even just, you know, having a, a friendly chat, mm. their heart rates and their breathing rates synchronize. So mm -hmm. the University of Cincinnati has wired people up to a computer and it's measured those statistics that identifies the engagement level. So they can tell if people are getting on well on a first date. So next time you have a first date, all you have to do is to take a couple of computers, uh, a few yes. boffins yes. from yes. University yes. of Natty along with you. Yes, ask the person to wire up. up with sensors. Yes, of yes. course, that's guaranteed to put them at ease. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and you say, no, it's all in the interest of science. Let's just smooth things out. Uh, By and large, anyway. the person on date would sort of tell you eventually whether there's any physiological synchrony, but they might use easier terms to understand. You, you'd think they would. Yeah. Not having been on a first date for, um, oh, 47 years, I'm yes. <laughs> quite hard yes. to remember what they were like. Yeah. Even Internet Explorer wasn't around then. It wasn't. No, the Internet was a thing of the future. It was, yes. <laughs> Not even mentioned on tomorrow's world. Right, time for us, though, to take a brief...
pause. We'll be back in a moment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. So from physiological synchrony, what do we move to now? Well, there is a new Mac in town, the new oh. Mac Mini. The Mac Mini, it's a it's a, one of the it's this tiniest computer. Mm. It is 20 by 20 centimeters. So a smaller than the width of a piece of A4. And it is just four centimeters thick. Mm-hmm. So about an inch and a half in in your antediluvian yes, terms. Yes, yes, I was about to ask. Okay. So eight by eight inches and an inch and a half thick. Mm. And it is their most basic computer, but it's still very powerful. The new one has their new M2 chip in it. And you have to add your own keyboard and mouse and mm-hmm. monitor. So it makes it um, uh, much more cost effective. The new one can run up to two monitors. And if you get the pro version, it can run up to three monitors. Although quite why anyone wants to run three monitors at the same time is, is beyond me. You have forestalled my next question. Okay. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing. It costs £50 less than it did two years ago. Isn't that interesting? Apple have reduced the price of a new piece of hardware. Well, in normal times when inflation has not sort of reared its head, you expect technology to become cheaper over time. So yes, clearly, if it new, hadn't um, been for inflation, it would be cheaper still. Well, perhaps it would, except things like smartphones, of course, just get more and more expensive. That's true. Though they do more and more, I suppose, or do them more they efficiently. They do more and more. So. Well, this does so, more and more. But, so and and how more much How much then do you reckon it is if you've actually got to get the keyboard and the monitor well, and the This is starting at £649. Just for the, which, for the computer itself? Yes, but for a powerful computer. That is actually pretty good going. I mean, it is less than you and I spent on a 20 megabyte hard disk back yes, in the days true. when I was on my first date, if that was oh. somewhat time after that. Yes, my first laser printer cost me £3,000. I think that was an X-Demo exactly. model. I know. Yes. 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 How foolish I was. I didn't, didn't sell it for that. No, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine you didn't. Exactly. When I was producing a, a magazine back in the 1980s, I had a golf ball typewriter. Oh, yes, Which I remember I those. leased. Um, and you could have interchangeable, just for people who have no idea what a golf ball typewriter, yeah. indeed what a typewriter is. Yes. A typewriter, children, was an old device <laughs> that you could use to type things out. Well, a golf ball typewriter had a memory, and you could type things, and then you could print them out in three different sizes just by swapping over the golf balls. It was absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, I do remember those. Excited. They had a really... The action was really rather enjoyable, wasn't it? As it hit yes. the paper. Yeah. Yes, it, it was. was yes. Yeah. So this I leased this back in the nineteen about nineteen eighty, I think. Yeah. Five thousand pounds it cost, which was quite a lot back in nineteen eighty. Yeah. And at the end of the, the lease time, they phoned me up and said, Your lease has expired. Do you want to buy it? And I said, Well, I threw it away two years ago. So oh. <laughs> it was an awful thing. It kept on going wrong. I had to get it fixed oh. every couple of weeks. 
there was one man who could fix it and he used to come out sigh and then dig into it <laughs> Into its inner uh, we have been through all the changes when it comes to different tech, but I don't imagine many people want to get a golf ball typewriter now, except Tom they, Hanks, of they, course, who collects self typewriters. I should have sold it to him, shouldn't I? Last, yes, you should. Yes, yes. I think he probably I'm prefers the manual ones. Could you remember? I think it was you told us about the app he brought out that made your whatever you typed look as if it was done on a typewriter. Yes, uh, I wonder if that was popular. Honestly. <laughs> Why? Yes. Yeah. So, what now? Well, on now to the Lockheed, Lockheed Martin Vista X62A. And you're going to say, what is the Lockheed Martin Vista X62A? Well, I'll tell you. It's a modified F-16D Block 30-piece Marble II aircraft that's been fitted with Block 40 avionics. How about that? Right. In and... layman's terms, yeah. it's the first autonomous AI-driven fighter jet. And if that doesn't scare you, then mm, nothing will. Well, that is a little bit nerve-wracking, yes. Well, initially, the idea is not to send it into battle, but to help them develop new planes. It's very expensive to develop new planes because every time they do a modification, mm. they have to train a pilot to use it. Yes. And then the pilot has to abort back from his experiences. Well, the idea is if they put the AI in the planes, then the planes can just take off and fly themselves and they can uh, reiterate the, the changes instantly and then immediately test them out and then save lots of time not having to train the pilots. Well, that would have made old films like The Sand Barrier and The Right Stuff very dull, but I can see the it point really of it now. Would. Yes, 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 it would. Or even Flight of the Phoenix. I mean, they oh, couldn't yes. really make that with, oh, with AI, gracious. could they? I don't know. That's a wonderful... I haven't seen that for a long, long time. Right. Yes. Um, I'm going to give you another one of these. Oh, thank you. So, what are we doing now? Well, next time you're in Montreal looking for a restaurant, you could <laughs> do worse than visiting Le Nouveau Duluth, which has 85 five-star reviews on TripAdvisor, mm -hmm. and an extraordinary uh, list of, of benefits. They, it's near a beach, it has a valet service, it has live music, and it even has a drive through option for people that actually want to park there. Trouble is, it doesn't exist. It's entirely <laughs> made up. Why? Big mischief. I think oh, I once see. one person oh, right. did it, then oh, lots of other people oh, right, started right, right. adding their five-star reviews. Oh, right. It's not one of those weird things like um, on maps where map makers put in something. I can't remember what the word is, but we discussed it once. Map makers put in something that's actually fake to make sure that if anybody copies the map, they don't copy that as well. It's and not. If they do, that's suitable. But the woman who runs the laundrette, which is actually at the address that they give, yes. is baffled by people turning up and saying, well, where's the restaurant then? Oh, well, she could do a nice line in sandwiches. <laughs> she probably Lots of hungry, could, pe Lots yes. of hungry people. <laughs> yes, well, maybe she should do that. And people could get their her. clothes clean at the same time. I mean, she's on to a winner, one would have thought. Certainly is. I wonder how many people then do turn up. It's quite well, quite a lot. We, you know, if, it's, if it's the best restaurant in Montreal, then yes. I think, yes, people would be turning up. And are TripAdvisor going to get rid of this? They have now taken it off. But, of course, oh. it's very hard for them to tell, but they can't actually go out there and check themselves uh, whether a restaurant actually exists or not. And while we're on the subject, then, I've given up using TripAdvisor because I, when one got to hear that there were too many sort of people 
giving great reviews to their friends or people who are rivals of companies um, doing down businesses they hoped were going to fail. And I wasn't sure I trusted it anymore. Do you use it a lot? I've taken to using the reviews on Google a lot more. Mm, I use it occasionally. I have a a friend who used to run a hotel and he told Mm. me that people would come down for breakfast and say, I'll have my bill like 50% off, please. Otherwise, I'll give you a bad review on TripAdvisor. Oh, good grief. That's appalling. Exactly. It is appalling, isn't it? That just seems horrible. I assume he did not give in to such appalling blackmail. He didn't give in, but then he ended up getting the bad reviews on TripAdvisor. And it's very hard to get them taken off. You know, you complain. Yes, of course. Yeah. Whereas with something like Uber, of course, the actual people giving reviews get reviewed themselves as well, don't they? Yes. And I think I have a four and a half star review on Uber. And I think, well, what have I done to lose that (laughs) half a star? I've been polite. I've always paid up. I've always left a tip. Well, perhaps they're fans of the Billy Wilder film, um, Some Like It Hot. The last words are, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. That must be it. Anyway, occasionally on this programme, we do talk about some of the more curious scientific explorations, even even though it's not specifically gadget-related. Yes. And my favourite one this week comes from Osaka University about goldfish. Now, goldfish, as everyone knows, have a three-second memory. So... Every right. time they swim around their goldfish bowl, it's a new experience for you. It's actually true, is it? No, it's not true. Oh, oh, right. Not only do fish have quite a good memory, but a fish called the cleaner ras, W-R-A-S-S-E, I don't really know how to pronounce it, but I'll call it a cleaner mm. ras, it just passed the mirror test. And the mirror test determines whether animals can recognise themselves in the mirror. Mm. And most animals can't. So dolphins can. Dogs, for example, can't. Whereas fish can. And it requires a particular kind of brain power to do that. And the way that they tell whether the fish can recognise itself is they paint a parasite on its throat. And the fish then goes and looks itself in the mirror. And if it recognises itself, it then goes to try and scrub the parasite off. That's how it knows it's looking at itself. It seems rather cruel because it probably can't scrub the parasite off because it hasn't got a way of scrubbing anything off. So it well, probably can rub against the rest the, of its poor uh, life. It can rub against a bit of twig oh, or one oh, of those little okay. castles that people right. tend to put into, <laughs> yes. into fishbowls. Yes, never but quite anyway, sure why. Yeah. Well, the Sark University have taken it a stage further mm. and they found that the cleaner rest fish, I don't know why they use this particular fish, but they like using that, can recognise photographs of itself. Not only that, but it can recognise a photograph of its own face on a different fish's body. But not its own body with a different face on. So they clearly are recognising not just their bodies, but their faces. Isn't that extraordinary? So really, instead of putting castles in goldfish tanks, what you should be doing is putting mirrors in. You should be putting mirrors in, yes. So they can go and gaze at themselves. And talking of fish... And is there any scientific benefit in having discovered all this? Presumably not. It's just... It's hard to tell, isn't it? I suppose Mm. there must be some kind of upshot of it eventually. Mm. But uh, you wonder who's funding this kind of exploration, as we do frequently with many (laughs) kinds of uh, of scientific study. Yes. 
It's probably Talking lots of about... lots of millionaires. You know, the big millionaire when they get together at Davos or somewhere like that. They probably it's probably a sort of bragging thing. Who can come up with the funding for the most useless project? I'm sure they do. They probably <laughs> yeah. give themselves yeah. awards for it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What now? Uh, well, uh, a thing I discovered just uh, this week, while we're on the subject of fish, the sea mm. squirt. The sea right. squirt, which is similar to a sea cucumber. It's a, it sort of squirts out water. So the juvenile sea squirt, it's like a little tadpole, and it roams around looking for a place to park itself. And it eventually attaches itself headfirst to the seafloor. Once it has parked itself on the seafloor, it never moves again. It just sits there squirting. Right. Having <laughs> having fixed itself to the seafloor, it has no further use for its brain, so it eats it. Ugh. Ugh. Isn't that extraordinary? Right. Yes. An it animal is. that eats its own brain because it has no further use for it. Ugh. That's Ugh. a rather horrible one to end on. Oh, is it? Yes, but we're I thought there was to. something quite charming about that. Charming? Yes, I, I learned about it this week. Well, an article there, in there the Guardian, I can think of several, several people who seem to have no use for their brain anymore, but it doesn't mean they're going to eat it. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, they, well, maybe they could. On that, on that bombshell, we end... Gadget and Gizmos for well, this week. Show. We'll be back with even more uh, Gadget and Gizmos, useful and not so useful, at the same time next week. My thanks to Steve Kaplan. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.